with these two technologies, we really make a difference. And that is major if you want to beat, let's say, the very big companies. And we are competing with companies who do 20 billion euro of revenue. Welcome to the Resilient Recruiter Podcast. This is your host, Mark Whitby. I am really excited to be joined today by Herard Kulin. Herard is the group managing partner of Lugera. Lugera are a multinational recruiting and staffing agency. Herard started the business in Slovakia in 1996, and they now are operating in 11 countries with 30 offices, 700 internal staff, and 15,000 temps. In fact, they're the biggest independent staffing company in Central and Eastern Europe, which is incredible. Uh, although the group also has operations here in the UK. This is Herard's second time on the podcast. The first time was episode 25, way back in June 2020. So definitely check that out. The title was How to Build 130 Million Euro Staffing Business in Emerging Markets. And the crazy thing is that since then, their revenue has increased from 130, as it was at the time, to in 2022, it was 234 million euros. So they've grown by over 100 million euros in less than three years. Just incredible. And in 2022, Herod also partnered with James Kahn to create Recruitment Entrepreneur CEE. And as you're about to hear, Herod's energy and his enthusiasm are infectious. So Herod, welcome. Great to see you again. Thank you, Mark, having me for the second time in your podcast. Uh, you are making a wonderful podcast. Uh, I, uh, I motivate my people always to listen. And uh, yeah, you are just doing a fabulous job. Wow. Thank you for the entire recruitment industry. I appreciate that, sir. That means a lot to me. And uh, so listen... It, I, you and I have sp- chatted on and off over the last uh, few years, but and and uh, we've had some good partnerships together, but not you know recorded those conversations. So I'd love to learn uh, and for our listeners to learn, you know what you have changed and what you've accomplished over the last three years since we since we recorded the the previous episode. Like I know that you've. You've increased by a hundred million, which is um, which is insane. Could you talk a little bit about the developments at Lugera um, in recent times? Um, yeah, well, one of the great developments was basically thanks to you, Mark, uh, because you have been coaching uh, our Czech team, and uh, since you have been doing that, the Czech team is uh, structurally profitable and gradually growing its revenue. And uh, that is, you had a very big impact on this. So thank you very much. Herod, thank you so much for saying that. Just to be clear um, for our listeners, this isn't a service that I'm really offering. It's only because of my relationship with you, Herod, that uh, you offered me this opportunity to to work with the team in Czech Republic and I wanted to uh, honestly I mean they're they're fantastic people and I enjoyed working with them um really really fun but I mainly I to be honest I did it to have the opportunity to learn from you and see how your business operates so that was educational for me so oh okay good well uh, you did a great job with our people and um 
um, how we grew our business over the last three years. And now that you said 100 million in three years, it's basically amazing, uh, is that we have put much more time in coaching and training our people because that really pays off. It's not a quick fix, but uh, we have put a lot of emphasis on constant training, coaching, mentoring our people. And um, we also did some acquisitions. So these, of course, added to our, to our growth, but also the organic growth. All our companies are, are growing. All our companies are now profitable uh, except for one country, which uh, is still structurally in a loss, but we are uh, we are hard working on that. So um, it is basically, as we have in Holland, a saying: the eye of the master makes the pig a fat animal. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never heard this. I love Dutch expressions; they're they're very yeah. colorful. So could you re- repeat that and explain what this means? <laughs> Yeah, so the eye of the master makes the pig very fat, which means that if you are into your business on top of everything and keep a good eye on all the processes and flows, and if you can give it a lot of uh, support, uh, the company will grow eventually. Even if you have a lot of problems and issues, If you know the problem, if you know what can be done about it, and if you take action on it, you will always solve any issue. That makes sense, Um, yeah. Before the war in Ukraine started, uh, we were the biggest, we became the biggest permanent staffing agency in Ukraine. And then uh, Putin decided to invade uh, Ukraine. So... In February, we had to move all our team from Kiev to Bucharest and other places. Everybody fled. And then we tried to recover. So we had a dip of three months of no revenue. And then we decided, okay, this has to be for us a challenge to grow our business. So uh, we, we said to each other, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, and let's see what we can do. And it it, a miracle happened, and last year was our best year so far in the Ukraine. Wow. Can you imagine? So the team, even when there was the bombing in Kiev, they were sitting in bomb shelters with internet, and they, will, they still were working. That is right? in, insane, Herod. I, I, so like when you talk about overcoming challenges, I can't imagine a more challenging scenario to then than that i think by comparison most recruitment business owners and i don't want to minimize everybody's got challenges and and, and you know when it's something is happening to you then it 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 can be a devastating setback but i in in comparison to what you you and your team have experienced i can't imagine a bigger challenge than 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 that one so could you just uh I, I'd love to learn more about that scenario. Like, how did you, you made it sound straightforward, like people relocated and then, or they were in a, like, just, could you talk us through that in, in more detail? What was going on and, and how you coped with that from a practical business standpoint, also from a 
you know, emotional, like supporting your team members standpoint. And it must've been very complex and difficult. It was, it was. Well, um, we, we have in uh, Ukraine, uh, an, a general manager and partner, Anastasia, who is a force of nature. So without her, we couldn't have never done this. But in February, just two weeks before the war started, I was in uh, Ukraine and Anastasia warned me that troops are gathering at the borders, so there will be an invasion. So we made a plan. So we hired already that time before the war, uh, half of a hotel in Lviv, in uh, the west of Ukraine, close to Poland, so that all our people who wanted to fly, to fly, they could go to Lviv. Uh, We had buses uh, ready, so we informed all our colleagues and their family members that they that we could transport them out of the country. So when uh, the war started, um, uh, most of our people wanted to be transported. So we went with two or one bus to to Lviv. Also, they could take their family members, grandmothers, grandmothers, pets, dogs, cats, everything could go with us. So, so we transported most of the people. Then from Lviv, they left to, they went all to Bucharest because there we rented uh, a lot of apartments for everybody. So we had uh, around 40 or 50 people in Bucharest. So that was a devastating time, tough. Getting the people out, it was a lot of organizations. All our colleagues helped uh, to get them to, over the border. And uh, that was uh, very tough and horrible period for everybody. Also, the people who remained in Kiev and in other cities, uh, people lost their houses. Uh, One of our directors wanted to relocate his family into his uh, summer house. Luckily enough, he put her on the bus to to Bucharest. That summer house was the next day was bombarded. Oh my goodness. So he he would have had no family anymore. So... There was a lot of uh, panic as well and insecurity, so that was chaos. Luckily enough, everybody arrived safely in Bucharest, and then we started basically immediately to work because Anastasia said, let's not cry, Uh, let's go on, let's see where the opportunities are, and let's go for it. So, um, yeah, the first months was very What about the, um, I thought that, like, did, do you have male staff members who were not allowed to leave the country or? Yeah, the guys were not yeah. allowed to, to, to leave. So uh, one of our directors, which I told you about of his family, um, he uh, became the sub-commander of a battalion of 1,000 wow. people. So he went uh, to the front wow. line. And he just recently got back and he will not have to fight anymore. So he's now a war veteran. Yes. Wow. Okay. So, so he came back safely. His family is back with his children. Uh, he's good in wow. Kiev. Amazing. Yeah. So um, I, I, I guess I assumed, and obviously wrongly, that once the war started, then commerce would stop like it would just disrupt all the business so how have you been able to even remotely how have you been able to do business in ukraine yes well that's what everybody thinks that everything stops but um um that is not the case because 
factories, like food producers, mm-hmm. supermarkets, everybody tries to stay mm-hmm. open. So basically, everybody who is in a company, they try to do whatever they mm-hmm. can. Banks stay open, although everything is more difficult, mm-hmm. uh, still everything goes on. And you shouldn't forget that most of the war is not in Kiev or in the West right. part. So the real war is completely, uh, it's still 1,000 kilometers away. Uh, it's a huge country. Yes. So, um, and because a lot of uh, men had to go to the front line, uh, factories have a lot of vacancies of which have to be fulfilled. So um, we are recruiting basically only women, yes. but uh, there is a big need of people. Yes. On the other hand, what happened is that from the 3,500 active recruitment agencies, uh, 3,000 just shut down. Right. They stopped working. So suddenly there are only now 30 to 50 active recruitment agencies in Ukraine. So you can imagine that uh, there is a lot of work to be done. Um, we are now hiring 26 more recruiters. Oh my goodness, that's incredible. In, in our Kiev team, because we have thousands and thousands of vacancies. Now it's very difficult to, uh, uh, to supply this, you know. How many team members do you have working the Ukraine um, region now? We should now have 50 and okay. uh, uh, we should grow to 70 to 80. Uh, that's wow. the maximum uh, of people we can absorb. Uh, yes. We could hire many more people, but uh, the training and the onboarding uh, of course. Is, uh, is also a challenge, of course. Of course, yeah. And so, like, what are some of the realities of, of doing business in a country where there's this conflict going on at, like, right now in real time? Like, what, apart from the ones you've already outlined, so obviously lots of vacancies, you know, uh, you can't even hire enough recruiters, but uh, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of, you know, are there other challenges in in order to do business that you just wouldn't ordinarily encounter? Yes. Well, we are very lucky that our office is close to where the government is and where Mr. Zelensky has his uh, operations. Yeah. And we have his the same internet uh, infrastructure. So it always works in our office. Wow, okay. <laughs> so we are very lucky with it. And uh, uh, those areas are also extremely well protected with uh, anti-missile equipment. So I would say our office is absolutely great. And all our people who are working in the suburbs or living in the suburbs, they don't have a lot of internet or it's unstable. So they come now, everybody comes now to the office to work. So so that is a challenge. Uh, The lack of energy, uh, electricity, which is sometimes not there. Uh, Lack of water. Um, People can shower then in our office. So uh, there is a lot of uh, disruptions, right, from yeah. normal life. Uh, what but- about the stress, Herod? Because you know, I can I I can't even imagine what that's like. And how do you provide for the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The the mental health of your team members. 
Yeah, well, we have weekly meetings. Uh, we, uh, my partner uh, visited uh, Kiev regularly. <clears throat> we, uh, we give them uh, packages and support. Everybody can, uh, if they like, they can relocate to Slovakia, Czech Republic or Romania. So everybody knows they have the full support of what it is they want and how they want it. Yes. Uh, we have always been paying the salaries. We have been able to do that because sometimes with the banks and with the bank cards was an issue. Mm. So we just make sure that everything what is possible, uh, we do and we give. Um, also in, in goods and materials, if people need that. Yes. So, but wow. you know, the, the the best thing is what Anastasia did is, guys, let's work hard. Let's right. make this horrible event. Let's make it stronger. For uh, let's mm. make us stronger because of that. So uh, they have a marvelous attitude. Yes. You wow, know, that's incredible. I mean, that is the definition of resilience. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your podcast. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Resilient. Wow. But you know that the entire atmosphere in Ukraine is uplifted from let's all fight. So there yes. is a lot of comradeship now. Yes. And clients and suppliers are now one. It is not anymore a, a, a negotiation relationship, but let's do it all together. Yeah. So that's the beauty of what is happening in, in Ukraine. Incredible. Wow. That's, um, I, I, that's just an amazing story, Herod. If you're a recruitment business owner, you might be feeling the pressure to invest in new technology. But how do you invest in technology that is proven to win higher paying clients? Otherwise, overall, you're just making a financial loss. Our trusted partner, iIntro, has a solution for this. They provide recruiters with an online delivery platform for the candidate shortlist. So instead of sending over CVs or resumes, you can send your clients an online profile that includes video, key competency questionnaires, and behavioral assessments. It looks more professional than a CV or a PDF, plus it helps the client make a more informed decision about who to call to interview. But that's not all. iIntro also provides recruitment business owners with coaching for their team, not just to help them use the software, but to help them use it to win more retained business. Their comprehensive training program is specifically designed to help recruiters at all levels of experience develop a retained recruitment service. In fact, many of the hundreds of recruitment businesses they've worked with win a brand new retained client after only a few weeks of getting started. To see iIntro in action, just go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained to book a free demonstration. There's no obligation, plus you'll also be helping to support this podcast. That's recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained. So tell me about, um, you've also grown through acquisition and you've also grown through organically by really emphasizing the coaching and training. Um, so I'm interested, I mean, I could talk to you for hours cause there's so many subjects, but, um, what do you feel is going to be the most interesting thing for us to explore together in the time we have? Yeah. Um, well, there are a couple of things, but uh, why we could grow so much. And, yeah. and uh, one thing is uh, coaching and training, because it, if you grow fast, uh, I think that is the most dangerous period in the existence of an agency that you grow very fast. Yeah. 
Yes. Because then usually quality goes down. Um, you lack finances, especially if you grow fast in temporary stuffing, because yeah. you can make big orders. You have to pay a lot of salaries, but you get your money later. Yes. So that is the most dangerous situation for an agency. Not if you go a little bit down in revenue, that's okay. So um, what we did was an emphasis on training and coaching from our existing people and gradually onboarding new people, but not too fast. Uh, because in Ukraine, we could need now 100 recruiters, but that will, would be a disaster in, in terms of quality and client handling. So uh, that is one. The second thing is technology. Mm -hmm. uh, um, our key principle is that or uh, we live by the fact that we have to be innovative and that uh, innovative technology is a key to have. So uh, we have invested heavily into recruitment applications and these applications help us to cope with the growth so that people can do much more thanks to the recruitment applications than uh, without these applications. So there is a lot of artificial intelligence, machine learning we have implemented. So a lot of automation helps our recruiters to do more in less time. Amazing. Because okay. So let me pick up on a couple of points you made there. I 100% agree that if you grow too quickly, there's, there's risks attached to that, both the, the financial uh, to support that growth, especially in temporary staffing, but also um, there's a period of time before someone is fully productive. And so you're supporting and paying for that extra overhead yeah. while waiting for them to contribute. And then there's also people uh, haven't been fully trained yet. So then there's a risk, as you say, to is that going to affect the, the quality? Um, yeah. And you're obviously one of your solutions has been really concentrated in coaching and training. Could you just elaborate on how you structure that and what, what does that entail? So um, we have now in every country uh, an extensive uh, onboarding program with two weeks of, of training. So people will not even work. They are two weeks being uh, coached and trained uh, into the software, into how we do our things, etc. There is a weekly training program. So there is a weekly um, uh, webinar for all the staff in the company. And that subject of that training program is being uh, trained and on the job executed by the HR people and the team leaders. So we have a subject like candidate handling, how to retain uh, candidates which are in the, in the offer process with the client. Uh, because we found out we lose a lot of candidates who get a counter offer from their own employer. Yeah. So how can we retain those persons? And because we, we, are, we were losing 40% of all the candidates who got, who got a job offer. Absolutely. So 40%, you know, that was millions in a year of revenue we, were, we are missing now. So mm -hmm. you can imagine how important it is to retain those candidates. So then we have a special training program, we implement that, and every week or every second week, we do these uh, subjects. So we, uh, we touch a very actual problem 
-hmm. And we, we make a training about it and we start to implement it. And that is how we now do it. It is costly. Fantastic. It is time consuming, yeah. but it pays off. Absolutely. So just to be clear, so there's a, like a weekly webinar for all employees, which yeah. I love. I think it's so important because even experienced people, often the training gets focused on the new recruiters and the experienced ones, their development kind of gets ignored because it's assumed, oh, well, they, they already know what they're doing and they're, they're okay. But they equally need that constant opportunity to progress, to improve, to refine what they're doing. And um, so I think that's great. You've, you're including everybody in that. You mentioned the two-week onboarding training. And is that like, how is that delivered? Is it classroom style? Is it remote? Is it in person? What does that look like? Yeah, it, everything you said. Okay. <laughs> so, and it depends on how many people we are onboarding. Yeah. Um, so there is one, like, like in Romania, we have Michaela who is responsible for it. And she is doing most of the work. She takes those people in person um, because of COVID now that often goes online. So uh, because still a lot of our recruiters in Romania didn't return at all to the office. So they are working from home. Mm -hmm. um, that is also a problem with the young people coming now into coming into the company because they don't have their peers anymore sitting next to them, hearing how other people are calling and what they're saying. So that is what we are missing. So uh, that is an issue, by the way. Uh, I agree. You know, how how have you addressed that, Herard? Because I think this is an issue for all business owners: is having to adapt to new ways of training people in a, on a remote basis. Yeah, well, training remote is easy because we have Zoom, we have everything. So yeah. that is not that is not a big challenge. And sometimes even uh, I have the feeling that that goes even better mm -hmm. than uh, being in the classroom. But um, um, what now? What, what we are now doing is sometimes we have we put everybody in a class so together. Uh, we try to do that at least once a week yeah. so that everybody meets everybody. Uh, because I have to say that uh, since COVID, uh, I, I am living in Bucharest. You know, I don't know half of our team anymore. Of so course. people come in and I think, who are you? You know, but, uh, <laughs> and then they are working already two years for us because they've always been at home. Yeah, exactly. So it's good to mix people up and help them to get to know each other. That's, that's cool. Um, what about the, the sort of day-to-day -day coaching? How are you handling that? Um, well, I meet my, uh, the, the country managers once a week, uh, with mm -hmm. a zoom and then regular and then irregular contacts on, uh, when, when it's needed. And, uh, and we have then uh, team leaders, we have uh, division managers. So yeah, that is basically done probably like in every company. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. And we, ha we have our software. So um, yeah, let's talk about that. Because you, you mentioned that the importance of technology, automation, uh, AI. So maybe I, I'm sure people would find that interesting. Yeah. Well, 
uh, first of all, we, um, we have a culture in our company that we don't like meetings, right? So Interesting. Uh, okay. And we have made our software in such a way that if you talk with a candidate and you, 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 you leave a small note, it's mm-hmm. immediately notified to the people who need to know. So all the meetings, all the emails, all the activities are accessible for everybody. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know something, you don't even have to ask somebody. You see, okay, how is it with this client? How many candidates do we have in the pipeline? I just see it in a couple of seconds, right? So... Um, if a client calls, I don't have to call the recruiter. I just can see what has been done and I can inform the client. So that is a big advantage. Um, what we also do is, um, what we see as a big complaint from candidates is that they send their CV to a recruiter. They are in somewhere in a pipeline, but they never hear anything back anymore. Of course. So uh, what we have done in our ATS is that if you change the status of a candidate or a group of candidates, <laughs> all those candidates get a relevant automated email. Mm. Hey, hey you, uh, the client canceled the vacancy. Uh, this happened. If you need more information, please call me or whatever. Yes. So every time all the candidates are, can never be forgotten, they always get a relevant message. So, for example, that is, uh, doesn't seem maybe as a big improvement or spectacular, but we have thousands of candidates who never got an answer. And now everybody is being, getting a good response. response. So I think it, actually that is a simple yet effective solution to this problem, which uh, makes total sense. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's brilliant. What else does your software allow you to do? Yeah, now the rest is that we uh, divide clients in certain categories. And what we do is we have 40 plus clients. And those are 40 plus clients, which one salesperson should make our, it's, those are prospects and they should make them within a year, our client. Right. So they have to focus on that. What does, uh, what do you mean by 40 plus? So they ha- need to have at least 40 prospects they have selected. Okay. Got it. And, and they have to become our client within 12 months. Ah, okay, cool. I like, so I, we have a strategy called dream 100, which is similar. It's like, yeah. it doesn't have to be a hundred. It could be 20 or 50 or however many, but these are the clients that you are most uh, want to do business with because whether they have, they're growing quickly, they've got a good reputation among candidates, exactly. they, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You, you've identified that they would be good to partner with. And then you going to uh, execute a very uh, concerted campaign. It's not just one call or one email. You're going to be in constant communication through whatever channel you need to in order to get a meeting and to uh, win win over that customer. That's the... Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's it. And uh, we see on our statistics, because we also have a great uh, key performance indicator reporting. Yeah. So you see exactly every day what people do, how they do it, and if they are in line with what we with the plan. Uh, But what we know is that if you have 10 relevant contacts with a prospect, you make a deal. And Mm -hmm. 10 relevant prospects is uh, sending offers, having meetings, having a lunch or a dinner, and all kinds of steps. 
So wait, let me just understand. When you say 10 relevant prospects, you mean 10 touch points with that customer? Relevant contact points, yeah. Relevant contact relevant points, relevant one okay. is having a real meeting with them, yeah. uh, doing a lunch or a dinner. And we push our people to lunch and dinner, our prospects, because yeah. that usually co is converted into an order. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So eat yep. and drink as much as you can with your clients. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yep. You know, I, um, I found that I, like when I was running a desk, I would take my clients for lunch after we did business. Um, because I found it can be it's a little bit awkward having a lunch or a dinner with someone who you don't really know very well yet there you're still a stranger than it to me i felt awkward but you know you're obviously showing that this can be this can be effective yeah well you do it after you already have uh, been talking to each other you have sent an offer uh, you have you have done already a couple of things so you're not I a see. complete stranger yeah uh, but uh, it's our experience also with existing clients you know yeah. to keep on meeting them in person uh, or just for a coffee but yeah um you know in our jobs as recruiters for permanent staffing deals and temporary staffing deals it's uh, the human touch, which mm. gives a lot of uh, assurance for a client. Absolutely. And, um, are, most of the business we do, the contracts we close, are done in person. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Still. no, I, I agree 100%. Yeah. So coming back to the technology then. So obviously you're tracking all the all, logging, all the communications with all your customers, clients, and candidates so that anybody can look if I look uh, here at Kulin on on the ATS, I see all the all the communication. Yeah. Number two is you have some automation to make sure that people are kept informed of their status as it yeah. develops, so that they're never in the dark. They always know what's happening, which is a big pain point for and a and a complaint among candidates. Uh, number three is you mentioned you've you've got um, your uh, KPIs, which are tracked uh through the system what else is going on here with from a from a technology point of view yeah well the biggest thing is what i find the most spectacular and what works best is the automatic network builder so whenever an email comes in from uh, so a recruiter receives a new email from a candidate Mm -hmm. This candidate is not yet in the system. It automatically attaches this person to the network of this recruiter. Hmm. And we have found that the bigger the network is of a recruiter, the more placements the recruiter does. Hmm. Because if you communicate and maintain your network, you get a lot of referrals and you have a lot of prospect candidates in, hmm. your, in your network. And our new talent base is uh, enabling this network growth automatically. So that means that recruiters build in a relatively short period of time a network of thousands of potential candidates. Could you explain what you mean by building a network? Is this uh, candidates on the database that are attached to that particular recruiter? Exactly. So you okay. get... A, you get an email from a new person mm -hmm. 
You receive that email, you open the email, and immediately that person is linked to your name. So it's added to your network. Got it. Then you get but, that, so, but that's automated. So there's not the yeah. data entry required Nothing. to input. Right. Okay. Perfect. Nothing. This it's, is good, Herod, because salespeople and recruiters, uh, they like being in touch with people. They do not like admin and trying to get people to do administration. A, they just resist and they don't want to do it. But B, you could argue that salespeople should be allowing as much of their time as possible to be cl- focused on candidates and, and, and clients exactly. and not spending doing administrative tasks. Exactly. And then if you are not in contact with that person within three months, yeah. NTP will suggest a nice email to send to that person. So the marketing department writes a nice text. So if you forget about those people, it doesn't matter. Uh, NTB will send out a nice message, personalized as if it comes from you. What's NTB? Uh, oh, NTB is the name of our software. Oh, oh, I I'm see. Sorry. Yeah. How do you the, spell that? What I... NTB, the new talent base. Oh, okay. New talent base, NTB. Got it. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. cool. Got we it, had got an got old it. one and uh, yeah. now we made a new one. So that is... So this network builder is a very powerful instrument and you can uh, segment, make great segments or segmentation mm-hmm. with using your own text, giving text to all those candidates from you. So you have them in different groups, mm-hmm. very flexible, and with a couple of clicks, you can immediately communicate with these people. Interesting. And okay. Uh, an additional big advantage is, is that if your recruiter leaves the company, mm-hmm. the candidates, the network remains in our talent base mm-hmm. and we can immediately address another recruiter to that entire network. So with just, again, a couple of clicks. So you never lose networks anymore. You can easily follow up. So, and that also is the same case for clients and prospects. Uh, that works not only for candidates, but also for prospects. And that is a very, very powerful tool. Uh, Interesting. So how does, you described a scenario where you receive uh, a CV from a candidate, but how does it work to support an outbound sales or recruiting effort? It supports it by uh, managing that you can never forget anymore a prospect. So Mm -hmm. once uh, an opportunity is in the system or a prospect is in, or you have somebody in your network, that person can never be forgotten anymore. Okay. Because where we lost most of the business or the potential business is that our salespeople forgot to to contact prospects because once a prospect uh, rejected uh, three or four times, they stopped. But most of the deals are made when you... Uh, persist and yes. at the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, and tenth attempt, there is where most sales are done. But many salespeople don't come further than five rejections and they stop. Yes. Our system makes sure you can't stop. How? So, How does it like? What does that physically look like, Herod? So, I have a contact in the system. I sent them an email. I tried to call them. You know, I maybe reached out on LinkedIn, maybe I called them one more time and I didn't get anywhere. So then I moved on. I thought, okay, yeah. forget about them. I'm going to move on to somebody else. But 
T, uh, TBN is going to not let me forget them. So how does it do that? In two months, you get a reminder again. Okay. Hey, he is still there. What would you like to say now? Come on, take some action. So uh, they okay, get great. reminder so after reminder. There's a, so there's like a, a reminder system where like you've not spoken to Herard for two months, you know, what action, but then what are the options for taking that next action? Is it a call? Is it an email? What, what are the, what are That's the options what you at that choose point? to be? That is what you okay. choose to be. And, um, and that should usually be uh, an email. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then, so this is cool. I'm never going to, uh, the system's not going to let me, uh, those potential clients slip through the cracks, which can easily happen. And, and uh, I, we see it happening all, all the time because human beings, you know, we are, uh, have limited attention and yeah. uh, bandwidth to remember and keep track of um, the, the different opportunities that are out there. Interesting. What, so how have you seen the technology impact the business? Uh, yeah, well, dramatically, you know, or substantially, because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, having good technology is key. Yeah. Because you have to differentiate from all the competition. And there is a lot of competition everywhere. Everybody yeah. is chasing the same client. Yeah. And basically... Our recruiters are as good as the recruiters from another company, right? Mm -hmm. They're all, they're all the same people. So where can you make a differentiation? And that is first of all, with our technology, it's yeah. unrivaled. We also have this other application, sales and talent acquisition application. And with these two technologies, uh, we really make a difference. And, uh, and that is major if you want to beat let's say the very big companies and we are competing with companies who do 20 billion euro of revenue and who are much, much bigger with, with much more money to invest. So we need to differentiate. One is our technology. And the second is our people. We make F from every person. We want to make a decision making power unit so that everybody is allowed to make decisions in front of the candidate and the client so that they don't have to wait for permission from a team leader. The team leader has to ask the manager. The manager has to ask the director and the partner. So everybody from us, we encourage to make decisions on spot. So mm. we strongly believe in these couple of pillars, you know, to have great technology, but it is as great as the user is, yeah. right? And the user must be a decision maker. This episode is brought to you by Recruitment Entrepreneur. Recruitment Entrepreneur are the number one investor in startup and scale-up recruitment businesses globally. They've now launched in the USA and are looking to partner with experienced recruiters who are ready to build something for themselves. Founded by James Kahn, they've already invested in 45 businesses. When I interviewed James in episode 123, he shared a case study of how they helped a recruiter to start, scale, and sell his recruitment company for $12 million in five years. That company is called Walter James, and they were acquired by ZRG. Could you be their next success story? To learn more about Recruitment Entrepreneur in the USA or anywhere globally, go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash VC. That's VC as in venture capital. 
book a call with one of their investment directors and be sure to tell them that you were referred by me, Mark Whitby, at the Resilient Recruiter Podcast. Once again, visit recruitmentcoach.com forward slash VC. I think empowering people to make decisions is absolutely the right way to go. But there can be reluctance on both sides. A, the manager is worried that the person will make the wrong decision and they want to keep control, especially, for example, let's say it's at the offer stage or there's an important conversation or decision that needs to take place. I see a lot of owners and managers want to take the control back so that the recruiter doesn't mess it up, but then they miss out on that learning and they're always going to be dependent on the manager. But also on the other side, the person may be afraid of getting it wrong and getting in trouble or what have you. So how do you promote this idea and empower people to make decisions within the business? Yeah, Mark, uh, you have said it is exactly how you say it. So uh, the consultant or the salesperson is afraid to make a decision on spot uh, because he might get punished because if he makes the wrong decision and uh, the management team is afraid to lose control, to let go of control. So you have to directly address that. So you have to create a safe environment for all your people that mistakes are all right. Mm. Uh, You even have to make mistakes. If you don't make mistakes, you don't do enough. You don't risk enough. So I try to create an, uh, an environment that everybody feels confident to take bold decisions, even if it goes wrong. Everybody in the company can count on my support that I will always protect them against any kind of uh, penalty or whatsoever. So that is what we create and, uh, and that works. So you have to have a safe environment and you have your management team must be willing to let go of control. So we should not manage people and tell them what to do and how to do it. It's the other way around. We should support people the way they think is best how to run their their job. Of course, this only works because you've also got the training and the coaching. So people do know what, you know, of course, people are still going to make mistakes, but it's not like you're just letting them do whatever they want. You're giving them the training to, as to how to get the best results as well. Yeah. Yes. and. And, you know, uh, people have to make mistakes to learn because you can train and you can coach, but they learn most from their mistakes because that is an immediate shock. It's an immediate lesson and you will never do it anymore. So I even encourage people just do it, uh, see what happens and and tweak your actions afterwards. Makes sense. Makes sense. So. Herod, I'm fascinated. Like, there's so much recruitment technology out there. Why did you build your own platform? It sounds like a very expensive way of doing this. It was. We so far invested 5 million euro in it. But uh, uh, I wanted uh, to buy something and not to um, develop it. But we couldn't find what it is we wanted. We wanted to have the next generation ATS. We wanted to have a lead generation only for recruitment. And um, after one year of searching, I found I made made the the decision. We have to make it ourselves because the best software I found was Bullhorn and some other applications. Mm -hmm. But they were like the old talent base. So those are good applications, but not. we wanted to have the next generation. 
hmm. with a lot of automation, automatic parsing, automatic matching. Our candidate, our recruiters only have to click on one button. If we have a new vacancy, it says, find me matching candidates. And bang, they have a long list, a relevant wow. long list. Okay. And in two seconds, they have communicated with that long list, right? That is what ATSs don't normally supply as a functionality, but that is what it is all about. So, um, so wait, I, this is fascinating, Herod. So they push a button and it, the system automatically does the matching and produces the long list and how accurate, like what percentage accuracy is that? And does the recruiter then need to still go back and do another search through the system just to make sure that they caught everybody? Uh, no, no, you have everybody. Okay, wow. So, so, so that is that you can't uh, overlook somebody, uh, but you can change your uh, filter algorithm very easily. Yeah. So you can do a wide search, a narrow search. Yeah. Uh, so you have some settings what uh, in which you can play, of course. Mm-hmm. So we have a default. The default should be good. But mm-hmm. if you want to customize it, and all our recruiters uh, want to customize from time to time. Sure. So yeah. we also gave the possibility to do more manual work. Okay. So they can automate, they can do it manually. Just yeah. Okay, interesting. But what about, um, so this is going to produce a long list based on the candidates that you already have in the database. But what about, um, for example, searching LinkedIn or other, you know, sources and bringing those candidates into the long list? Yes. Well, we have uh, now uh, a very innovative solution, which we are now testing in Croatia for ADECO Croatia. It is uh, a job portal, Mm -hmm. a real job portal, but then only for one company, ADECO Croatia. So... Uh, this job portal will attract candidates from all over. These candidates will be attracted because if they upload their CV or their job title, they immediately see all the relevant jobs for them in Croatia. Mm. And these people, the job seeker, can apply with one click. A very easy system. So you register yourself and in three seconds, you have all the relevant jobs for you in Croatia or in Zagreb or wherever you want. The advantage for ADECO Croatia is that their recruiters have access to that database. So they will have a constant inflow from many, many CVs for basically all the vacancies there are in Croatia, not only their vacancies, because we harvest all the vacancies in that country and we put it into that job portal. Okay, wait a second. Let me try and understand this. I forgot to mention your bio. So in case people are confused why you're mentioning ADECO, it's because you acquired all of the ADECO branches in East in Eastern Europe, right? Not all. Not all. Okay. <laughs> in in uh, Slovakia, Czech Republic, yeah. Ukraine. Okay, got it. And uh, so you're creating a job a job board which means that, and you're advertising your own vacancies, but also all the vacancies from other uh, companies. Exactly. But then obviously you get all the access to all of those candidates for your business. Exactly. 
Wow, so help, this is we, a great idea. So, but yeah. if someone wants to apply for one of the jobs that you don't own, how does that work? Doesn't matter. They apply for that job. Okay, so it's it's like aggregating yeah. all those jobs in one place. Yeah. But they register with you, so you capture the candidate's details, and then obviously, if they apply for a job somewhere else, that's fine. They can they can do so. But at the same time, you can contact them about all of your vacancies. Exactly. Got it. That's smart. Okay. Interesting. Exactly. And this way we can make a job portal for any recruitment agency who would like to have their own job portal. So this technology is just an application which we can give to anybody and anybody can then operate their own job portal. And We did it for uh, Adeco Croatia because their, the job portal they work with, they increased their price from 15,000 euro per year to 30,000 euro per year. Wow. So then uh, they said, okay, guys, this, is too, too, this becomes too expensive. Mm-hmm. So then we had our, we, then we gave them this application. We adjusted it for Croatia. We are now testing it. Uh, it is live already, and once it is live and we have all the bugs out, uh, we will uh, start with the next country and the next country to roll it out. But it's also accessible for any other recruitment agency who thinks that's a good idea. And I think it's a marvelous idea because you become independent from companies like LinkedIn and your job portals who will increase and increase and increase their prices. more and more, and they don't give you flexibility. You can't communicate unlimited with your candidates. You can't find them in a second. You have to do a lot of manual work, right? And this solution is always a couple of seconds of work. Amazing. Um, By the way, we should let people know if they want to follow up with you, Harrod, and learn about your software and how they can license that or or acquire that. What's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, They can email me. If you Google my name, you always get my email number, email address, or my phone number. It's on uh, our website, lugera.com. So I'm easily accessible. So right. everybody can drop me an email or All give right. me a and call. We'll, we'll include the details in the show notes as well, Harrod. So there's two more things I want to talk to you about in the time we have left. One is you mentioned there's a lead generation component of the software. So how does that work? Yeah, that works marvelous. So again, the, it harvests all the vacancies uh, in a country mm-hmm. or a specific group of vacancies, if you like. Uh, that goes into the system. Then if you have a database of CVs, all the CVs are immediately matched with that vacancy. And then an automated email can go out to that company of that vacancy. So the system is trying to find the contact person, his or her email address. And if it has found the contact person with the email address, it will send out an automated message. Hey, client. I have seen your um, vacancy for Java developer and I have done uh, an AI uh, filter in our database and I have 12 matched candidates. Would you be interested? If you do these messages all the time, Mm -hmm. there will be a, a moment that clients come back to you. 
Of course, yeah. And we have seen that it will take half a year before this way of selling uh, starts to work. So mm. you have to do it consistently. Okay. Uh, and you have to tweak your messages. So in this case, <clears throat> copywriting is more important than anything else. Agree, 100%. And the frequency you do it, and for example, it's better to approach a company after two weeks they have posted their vacancy. So it's yeah. not good to co- to to approach them immediately because Agreed. that they will wait for candidates. If they don't get candidates, and then you send an email, I have these Java developers for you, then they are very eager to talk to you. Interesting. Okay. So hold on a second. <clears throat> Tell me about this six month thing. What, what what are your observations there? Because I think uh, all of our clients use outbound email campaigns that are automated because we teach them to do that. And um, this the strategy that you're talking about, we would call an ad chase campaign. Some people call it an open jobs campaign. So it's looking yeah. at relevant vacancies that are being advertised yeah. in your area of specialism. And then reaching out to those hiring managers, identifying them, and then, you know, offering if they don't find anyone through the ad, then you are you have access to the talent that would be relevant for this position. Right. So. But what's interesting is what you're saying is, number one, it's automated. So like the whole thing is automated. So that's interesting, including the matching. I've never seen that before. But number two is this like uh ongoing approach over like what's the six month thing how does that factor in yeah well we have seen that it takes six months to really kick in Mm -hmm. so because the first emails companies get they think they get hundreds of emails of course yeah so uh but if you are consistent you start to stand out and and that is probably the trigger when uh prospects start to get an interest in you yes so that is just it takes time to to build some awareness and interest got it so every time they they post new jobs a couple weeks go by and then they get an email from lugera such as the one you've just outlined and then that gets repeated every time they're posting new jobs and then eventually they go we should just talk to lugera because they seem to have all the candidates so exactly right okay i get it and many clients or prospects work with other agencies. I mean, they're not waiting for us. And that is how we became the biggest uh, recruiter in, in Ukraine, because they implemented STA as the first of our company uh, in our group. And so they were growing suddenly very rapidly. And But then the war started, so we, 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 right. we went down again. But uh, that helped tremendously. Wow, that's incredible. Um, Herod, you tell me about your partnership with Recruitment Entrepreneur because that's new since we last spoke. Yeah, well, I, I got a phone call from Tony, uh, Tony Davis. Uh, he works together with James. And then uh, James, Tony, and I had a chat. They have a fabulous, fabulous, great concept. You know, the moment I heard it, I said, yes, we are, we are in. Uh, that was uh, done in a, in, a, in a talk of, I think, five minutes. Okay. Uh, of, of course, I knew uh, James Kahn already. We worked for Alexander Mann in the past. So I knew uh, his track record. So that is, of course, very solid. Uh, 
And I think you can't get a better partner than James and all his uh, team because they are top professionals. So um, we have established a joint venture with James in the Netherlands. And we cover five countries in Central and Eastern Europe, which is Ukraine, Slovakia, Croatia, Czech Republic and Romania. Mm -hmm. And uh, so last year we started. And I think we are now already having around 19 qualifying joint ventures lined up. Wow. So we are about to close uh, the first two joint ventures uh, in, in one month now. And then uh, we expect this year to have 30 investments in scale-ups. And most of them are startups. Wow, that's amazing. So so entrepreneurs who want to start their own recruitment business and the countries that you mentioned, they should they should reach out to you to see how you could support them to yeah. do that. Yeah, and it, it's a wonderful system for uh, for the joint venture a partner for the founder uh, because they get uh, between 20 to 40 percent uh, of the shares. Yes. And uh, people doubt whether they should not keep 100% for themselves because then you have 100%. But I strongly, always strongly believe in partnerships. Eh? Yes. Uh, I, I have in all the companies partners because it's better to share and make that share much bigger than you would do 100% alone. So I strongly feel that if the joint the founders take 20 or 30%, they will have much more then when they would have 100% of the shares. Right. So 30% of a very large pie is more than 100% of a small pie. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the power of recruitment entrepreneur is the support we can give in legal, but also in sales strategies. In uh, and, and I think the creme de la creme is... A uh, recruitment entrepreneur knows how to sell a company. Of course. And yeah. the most difficult thing of selling a recruitment, uh, of the most difficult thing is to sell your recruitment agency. Yeah. Even if you are profitable, because many agency owners think if I'm profitable, I can sell my agency. Mm -hmm. But only or less than 1% of all agencies are being sold. Mm. You know? That is so difficult. And there come the expertise of recruitment entrepreneur and they can get a premium price, which you yourself can never get. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful concept uh, with great people. You know, there are so many top professionals in the entire team that for me, it's also wonderful to work with them. You know, it is like uh, being surrounded with all kinds of recruitment gurus you know <laughs> <laughs> it is a great team i i don't know if you heard this one herod i i went to london and was interviewed by uh, tom yeah. birkinshaw and uh, was on the recruitment entrepreneur podcast recently and it, it's a it's a cool office and it's a it is an awesome group of people yeah yeah they really know what they're talking about so yeah. and james of course also you know we are all have very experienced in recruitment yes. and the beautiful thing with recruitment entrepreneur is that you can also share all your experience with uh, young kiddos who are ambitious and want to grow their own business and that's yeah. beautiful to see it's wonderful that you see that fire in other people and the conviction that they will succeed so that's wonderful Amazing. 
Herod, uh, Herod, I wanted to give a shout out to to Mikhail uh, Koronek. Uh, he's such a great guy in your team, so I wanted to say hi to him officially on the on the podcast. And uh, you, you speaking of great people, you have great people in your business, and um, I'm I'm so impressed with what you're achieving, and I can't wait to hear the next chapter. So let's do this again. Uh, in the future, and you'll probably have another hundred million in revenue by then. <laughs> but Harrod, uh, it's a it's a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you, and you're doing a great job, and you are helping the entire recruitment community to level up. So our thanks go out to you, Mark. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to The Resilient Recruiter. If you've enjoyed the show, the best way you can show your support is to click that subscribe button. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.